if you create in a strategic way, if you influenced others in a particular way and made them feel a particular way, well, they're going to give you more referrals. Clients are going to stay with you longer. But most of the time, businesses come from this logical survival brain when trying to map out, well, how do I do that? And that's why it falls flat on its face because it's more process transactional driven rather than as I call sort of this heartfelt magical driven. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. I'm here today with my good friend, Michael Griffiths. Michael, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Great to be with you guys. Now, mate, we've been, we've had a relationship now for, I don't know, five or six years. And I still remember back to the day that I was sitting in a networking event where you presented to us and what you said made absolute sense. Okay. And that was specifically talking around referral partners and you invited like the whole room. I think there were like 30 or 40 people in the room up to Sydney to come and, and sit at an intensive where you were going to share these referral partner strategies. And uh, there were only two people that came along. Was, was, was that a bit of a surprise for you? Honestly, no. Because I think more and more people would love this magic pill without having to do anything for the magic pill. And, and it's like that, hey, I'd love to drop 10 kilos. Bugger that, getting out there or running or exercising. or And I think that's how we've very much become as society and it's also probably why so many businesses really struggle with this breeding leads in and, and getting new clients part because they're just not willing to do the small little activities day in, day out. And I know you said this oh, even just a couple of months ago that growing a business isn't hard. It's just the small little activities over and 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 over again. And if you do them for five years straight, 10 years straight, 15 years straight, guess what happens? You, you grow. Yeah, a magical overnight success road. Yeah, and I think that's the problem, that people just go, anything that's just a little bit hard, I don't know if I really want to do that, but I want the results. So unfortunately, it is something that I, I see regularly. It's, it's also what frustrates me and people who go, but you can't grow a business through referrals. Well, you can if you put in place referral partners and you use your networks properly and you just do some simple things you can get just as many leagues as what you do off networking or what you do off Facebook ads or SEO. So it's one of those things I think I hear a lot of, you know, that the ad people will say, you can't grow your business from referrals and your referral business people will say, you can't grow your business for ads. Reality is that both is true if we have a system in place to work it. And that's one of the areas, I guess, particularly from a referral marketing perspective, that that's your area of specialization, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when you combine not only a system with, I suppose, the path we also go down in terms of human behavior and, and neuroscience and the way we are and how we're hardwired as human beings, 
it's a little bit scary that you could actually influence others as easily as what we can influence. But at the same time, if you do it for good, then that's also part of the system because it's about being able to put things in place that allow you to, to be able to win and to be able to bring new leads in and to be able to nurture those leads and to be able to turn prospects into, into clients and, and the whole sales and marketing piece. Okay. Take me back because you haven't always been a referral marketing guru. You were originally a teacher. Talk to me about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Taught primary school, high school maths, purely so I could coach basketball. Because as teachers, we could turn up at 8.30 and we, I could be out of the schoolyard by 3.30 and that allowed me to run training before school and after school and spend during the days uh, planning out that what I needed to plan out for, for, the, for the team. So probably not the Department of Education wants to hear, but in essence, it allowed me to follow the real passion of, of elite level basketball coaching and be lucky enough to yeah, go to Olympics as an assistant coach for the national team been over at University of North Carolina, University of Hawaii, coached National League here in Australia, numerous state titles, under 16, under 18 levels. So that's what I thought life would be. 2009, had a family member come down with cancer, being sort of the, the main head of the family, as to say, the, the eldest child, back I came and was teaching for about another three months. And just, I'm sick of the lazy teachers. There's got to be more than turning up and doing this day in, day out. And I remember really clearly sitting in a staff meeting and I just said, the principal was talking and again, yapping on for the sake of hearing their own voice. And that's pretty much what I said. I said, we really don't need to be here just to be able to listen to your voice. You could do that by yourself. And that's when I knew it was probably time to move on. So so out of teaching, go, you know what? I'm going to do the crazy thing and become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, where, where did you uh, start? We had a, the, the first in what a teacher would go into was tutoring. So we had a, a tutoring business and, and I thought, hey, let me just go and tutor five, six people and that brings in the same amount of money as teaching five days a week. And I came across this business that pretty much just outsourced their tutors. So they got the client and then they found all of these contractors to be able to go and do the service. You know, that's a good model. So I just duplicated that and ended up, we, we ended up with 480 families that we'd see, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, 180-odd tutors within sort of five and a half months. And it was like, yeah, here we go. So I came along and said, can we buy that? Of course you can. Well, I'm, I'm not precious to it. I didn't even know what was happening or really what was going on. And our big break really was just teaming up with a netball association, a sports association in the local area. and. We got into their newsletter and they promoted us. So there were 34 courts being played from sort of 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. So thousands and thousands of families um, in our local catchment. And that was sort of the, the first big, you know what? You actually don't have to go and find people all by yourself. You can leverage for other networks and you can find out where all your clients are and then try to find a way to get them to be able to help you. And that was a, a real eye-opener to how to be able to grow a business really fast. So this is an interesting thing you pick up on there because you don't necessarily have to be the best at what you do, do you? You just have to, in, in your little space, have the right relationship and with someone who likes what it is that you do, who's prepared to promote you. Yeah, 100%. And 
we get too caught up in our own head. We're, like the conversations that people have in their own head of, oh, well, they wouldn't want to do things with me because I've only got a couple of clients and Google's got a million. So why would they want to do something with me? Or why would Amazon do something with me? Or why would this big firm who have hundreds of clients and I'm just starting off doing something with me? The simple fact is, because they like you. And where we come to sort of fast track along, and there was a couple of other businesses in there, again, all leveraged through partnerships to be able to grow to big numbers very quickly. But the marketing agency that we had before selling that and coming into, into this space around just referrals, our big break, like we had three clients. I was like, living the dream. And then found a person, purely by mistake, wasn't at a networking event. I was just happy to be at a, at a bar, which sometimes I can be at fairly regularly, and ran into a guy who happened to be business development manager for Amex for Oceania, Asia region. And we're just talking away and having a drink and listening to his stories and he's on the road and sort of 45, 50 minutes later, he says, oh, well, you seem to notice some stuff about social media and this is back in 2010, 11. Do you want to, can you sort of run up one of those online classes for us? You even understand the word webinar or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, I could do that. I've done a few of them before. We've had 10, 15, 20 people come. 7,000 odd people registered for it and over 4,200 turned up for it. And it was like, why? Why give us a shot? We've got three clients. Was there someone better at social media than what I was at that particular time? Yeah, probably. But in the end, hey, we had great, great drinks for most of the night and it was it was fun and we had a bit of good back and forth and we bonded. And that's why people end up helping you because they like you. And I think we don't focus on that nearly enough. We're too worried about that logical logistics. All the things have to be lined up properly for someone to give me a go. It, it is It is very much about doing things first and then dialing them in as we go, isn't it? Rather than trying to make this idea of perfect and what this is supposed to look like. You know, and ultimately it's ultimately we're dealing with people. And, and people will buy from people they like. 100%. Yeah. And as you know, how we focus in so much on getting someone to, to resonate with you. So therefore, they can respect you. Therefore, they can be inspired by you. And therefore, they're willing to see how you make their life better. But if they can't resonate with you, then how you make your life better, it doesn't matter. It's never a conversation that even enters their head because the first part hasn't happened. Yep. Okay. So let's roll forward. We're now doing this full time. We've built and sold a, a number of businesses off the back of this idea of partnerships. Probably more so than anyone I know. It's you're very action driven and let's just get something up and make it work and then we'll dial it in as we go. We're now running the partnership club. Tell me a bit about partnership club and what's what's the idea behind that? Yeah. And and it's evolved a lot, as you'll see. Uh well over over even just the last couple of years. Because at the very beginning, it was always, well, if you did one, two, three, four, then you'd get this result. And I just knew what the one, two, three, four was. But I didn't understand really why. Why did you get that result? Like it just, because Michael said, there had to be something else. So we started diving into probably about 2017, it, more neuroscience, more brain chemicals, more around the hardwiring. And, and we're, 
where we're really at at the moment is we've got this, the two main parts of the brain, the cortex brain, logical, rational, understand language. I just call it the boring part of the brain. Some call it left brain, others left brain, right brain. Some call it red brain, brain brain. In essence, it's the cortex brain, which is the, the logical survival brain. It's the brain you have to have to be able to survive day in, day out. Okay? We don't have saber two tigers. We're not cavemen anymore. But in essence, that's the brain that was given to us back then. The limbic brain, the right brain, the green brain, is the feeling brain. It doesn't understand any words that I'm saying right now, but it understands the feeling to it. So whatever words you're listening to, that's the cortex making sense of the words. It's the tonality, it's the passion, it's the whatever feeling you're getting right now, that's the limbic brain creating that. So we went, well, hold on. How do we limbic our whole business? Because if you create in a strategic way, if you influenced others in a particular way and made them feel a particular way, well, they're going to give you more referrals. Clients are going to stay with you longer. In fact, turning clients into raving fans isn't all that hard. But most of the time, businesses come from this logical survival brain when trying to map out, well, how do I do that? And that's why it falls flat on its face because it's more process transactional driven rather than as I call sort of this heartfelt magical driven. So it's very much around being able to implement those sorts of things so that we, we really increase the growth of the business through referrals, through client retention, through creating these walking ambassadors. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, the importance of actually creating an emotive state in our customers at each point of our customer journey, not just at a point in time or not just, you know, here are some words, buy from me because the button's red. And it really is a combination of right message, right time, right emotion, right, in order to get our customer to take that next, you know, that next logical and deliberate step in a customer journey. And as much as we architect what that end-to-end life cycle actually looks like, we still have to, we have a different emotions at each stage of that journey, don't we? When someone hands over their credit card to buy from you, they've got a very, very different emotion, an emotional state, than when they refer you or when they first discover you. Yeah, hundred percent. And even to the extent that one minute after they've handed over their credit card to buy from you, they've got a different state. Let alone in five minutes time when they see the the charge actually come up. So. Uh, we, we talk about these throughout a day in your business. You've got all of these moments. And rather than just seeing your business as this whole business or seeing as a day as a whole day, it's like, how about we see our business as all these individual moments? And then you go, how do I make that moment more magical? Or how do I evoke brain chemicals in that moment? And I think when we can get to like that level, that's going to evolve the business like nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a part which I've always loved in terms of what you talk about and what you do. It's like, yeah, okay, let's use automation, but you've still got to be human in the automation and you've still got to be able to nurture through the automation. The automation just happens to save you a bit of time. It's not the excuse for being lazy and being unemotive. Yeah, we definitely want to, we don't, you know, the goal of auto, any automation project is not to appear robotic and impersonal because that actually defeats the purpose of scale, doesn't it? Right? Automation and systemization is really about how do we leverage what actually works through creating these brain chemicals and evoking these brain chemicals. And if we're not doing that, we're actually just sort of almost hastening our demise in some way, don't we? 100%. Yep. 
Okay. Let's talk about, let's talk specifically, you know, automations and systems inside Partnership Club and Referral Marketing Guru. Now, what's one that for you really works in is attracting, converting, keeping more clients? What's a system that you've got in place that really works in driving that? And and I know you've got your partner whiteboard, so if you want to touch on that one, that'd be great. But what's something that really stands out for you that gives you a ton of time, organization, and I guess control over where the business is going? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go down that because that's certainly the the cornerstone and, and where we first started about creating referral partners. So let's go, what's the problem? Well, the problem for most people is they throw mud at the wall. They hope that it sticks in terms of getting rid There's no system in place. There's no, well, let's follow this process. It's like, I hope clients might refer me or I hope someone remembers me or I hope, and there's an awful lot of hoping. And that's why most people might get one, two referrals a month, let alone a year, because they don't actually put in place that system to be able to get referrals all the time. So the the partner whiteboard that that you've sort of talked about there is creating these referral partners because where do referrals come from? They can either come from your your clients, but if you don't have many clients, then you're not going to get many referrals, or they can come from your wider networks, or they can come from what we call referral partners, referral sources. And a referral source is just someone who sells to the same sorts of people you sell to and you don't compete with each other. So in the end, we do things around referrals and marketing. Well, a salesperson would have the same sort of clientele that we have. They do sales, we do referrals. We could pass each other business. That's a referral partner. That's a referral source. So it's about being able to build up a number of those. And again, most people go, oh yeah, I've got one or two of those. No, that's not going to get you 20 referrals a month. So to get 20 referrals a month, Let's have 20 referral partners. And then if they just pass you one referral each, you get 20 referrals a month. And we all know that referrals, in essence, close higher than where else you're getting leads from. So that could bring you in 12, 14 new clients every single month. Now, some people are listening to that and go, oh, that's way too much. I can't handle that. That's okay. Have 10 referral sources. Other people are going, oh, 20. I need more than that. Good. Have more than 20 referral sources. It doesn't matter. You have as many as what you need, depending on what the outcome is that you want to get to within your business. So our referral sources, this is, again, where I think most people go, oh, yeah, I get that as a concept. I've got a couple of referral sources. And then you go, okay, great. So what happens? What do you do with them? Yeah, I think this this is the key here. So I, you know, and anyone who's been to a networking event has gone, oh, we should partner up. And we had this conversation about, oh, we should refer each other. And then you sort of go in your direction and they go in their direction. And six months later, you're going, what was that guy's name again? You know, well, I can't remember that girl. You know, what does she do? And it's just because that system isn't being worked. I mean, it'd be like spending money on, on Google ads. And they're never actually seeing whether they're delivering traffic to you or not, or optimizing them on turning off keywords and turning on keywords. It's the same thing with with our referral system. If we're not optimizing and using it properly, it doesn't deliver us results, does it? Yeah, 100%. So as you alluded to, most people go, oh yeah, let's do referral partners. It sounds great. And then they sit down and they twiddle their thumb, hoping that someone's going to fall on their lap that they can be referred to. Doesn't happen. So... That's where we go, hey, firstly, you've got to identify 
who are the sorts of referral partners you want. Then you've got to ask people, hey, I'm building up a referral team. Do you think we could pass each other referrals? Shall we have a chat about that? And then it's either a yes or a no. The yeses. Now we've got to have a conversation with those people to see if there's a fit, to see if you get along, to see if you actually want to help each other or not. And then we come into the action plan. And that's where the key is. Where every week or every fortnight, bi-weekly for our US friends, or every month, you get together to create a way to help each other. And when you start doing that, now it's like you've got all of these little army of salespeople for you out there promoting your business, sharing your business, opening doors for you. And all of a sudden, now your pipeline starts getting filled with qualified people who are interested in what you've got to do. And to me, it's the easiest way. It's free and 10 minutes, 15 minutes, little conversation once a month with these people. And that's all it takes. So the system works because I think as you alluded to this at the start and something I'm big on, it's about actions. If you're not going to take action to do things, you're going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs. Well, you're going to get the, the result you deserve, nothing. But if, if you create these referral partners and then every start with every month, get together with them and go, okay, what's something I can do to help you and fill your pipeline? And then they ask the same question back to you and then go and do it. And then come back together again for the next month. And imagine if you did that with 20 people. Like you, you, you can just, yeah, the opportunities. Well, that's your four, that's your four hour, 24 minute, uh, 10 minute conversations once a week is a four hour work week. You know, thank you, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, look, I think you're absolutely right. It's typically around taking that action. So let's really quickly recap those, right? It's identifying people who have your clients but don't compete with you and you probably want to hang out with them. I would add that on as well. You know, asking whether they're open to seeing, looking for opportunities to grow each other's business, right? Educating those people on what you do, right? Creating an action plan. I think the last one's probably staying top of mind, right? It's part of this. Do this regularly because if you don't do it regularly, that channel is not going to work for you. And when you build that system out, it's a, it's a, it's a very repeatable system, isn't it? You could hand that system off to your VA to go and identify partners for you. You could build you know, uh, an account manager or sales sales leader in your business who has those 10-minute conversations with your key, key partners. And that becomes that repeatable system that actually adds value to your business. 100%. Yeah. Michael, we're going to finish up with a little quick fire round just to take us out today. Just five quick questions. Let's go with, uh, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Helping change the lives of children, disadvantaged children and helping them get an education. Love it. That's awesome. It's good to have a purpose and, and you know, underpinning what you do, isn't it? What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career so far? I'll send you once for you. Anyways. What one that comes to mind? I think it's don't react. Take a breath. Take a step back. Nothing's ever as bad as what it first seems. And when you take a breath and you take a step back and you can actually allow the emotion to leave, you tend to respond in a better way. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that one. Where do you turn when you feel stuck? Got great circles of people around, but a lot of the time 
I throw on YouTube videos, I throw on podcasts, and they're not so much to learn, but more so just for inspiration and motivation. And every day listening to to YouTube videos and podcasts around just motivation and just to fire fire one's brain up and 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 get enthusiastic because we have a lot of chatter in our own head and we've got to get that chatter out or we've got to turn that chatter into positive chatter and the easiest way to turn something into positive chatter is to listen to positive things beforehand yeah i would agree with that one too if you had 10 times the marketing budget you have now what would you spend it on don't know that we actually would i'd probably just go on more holidays uh which probably isn't really helpful but Maybe we have more more partner managers and, and therefore they can have their own little groups of, of 20 partners. That That's probably where, yeah, we, we would have partner managers within the business rather than just having one, we'd have lots. Yep. Last, last up, what do you think the world will look like in 10 years' time? Yeah, good question. No idea is the honest answer. I think it just moves so fast and there's so many clever people doing things that we just don't even know what they're doing right now that all of a sudden just pops up. So, yeah, no clue. I really truly believe it'll be better. I really truly believe there'll be more opportunity. I really truly believe that you'll be able to create your own economy more than ever before. But I also believe that within whatever you're doing, we're going to need to be more connectiveness to others yep that's awesome michael really appreciate you joining us for today just to take us out where can we find out more about you and and get involved in the things that you're doing yeah best place is just michaelgriffiths.com.au and you can go anywhere you want from there so michaelgriffiths.com.au fantastic world is your oyster just uh, head over to michael griffiths and he will show it all to you <laughs> as you are ready to unpack it Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your insight and advice and friendship over all these years. Looking forward to working with you more in the future. And guys, hope you found today's episode really insightful and interesting. Uh, Different take on marketing than than maybe you've been thinking about, but definitely one that stood uh, my business, you know, in good stead over the last 24 odd years that I've been doing my thing and looking forward to, uh, to seeing what it does for you. Again, Michael, thanks for joining us. And listeners, thank you for joining us today for another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.